Hey guys, welcome to Books with Abna. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Ama Asantua Diaka, author of the poetry collection Woman Eat Me Whole. Woman Eat Me Whole, written by Ama Asantua Diaka, also known as Portra Asantua, is published by Echo Books, an imprint of HarperCollins, also available on script. She is also the founder of Black Girls Glow, a non-profit organization fostering collaborations among young artists and exploring ways that art can build a community. She is the founder of Tampered Press, an online journal that seeks to create visibility for writers and visual artists in Ghana and in Africa. Hello, Ama. Hi, Abna. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Okay, so I think we would start this the entire interview with reading from you, then we can get into it. We are ready whenever you are. Okay, so I'm going to read the very first poem um, of the book, and it's Aman Kroma. Wow, I love that poem. <laughs> Act 1, Scene 1. Enter, woman. We do not know what she looked like. How stretched her flesh was laid out in the husk of her being. How charred her eyes may have been. How clickety her laughter may have sounded. The elasticity of the jiggle in her behind when her feet landed on ground. We do not know which tribe she came from. Who her mother was. What language she may have spoken and which name she bore. We only know that if there was a palette of colours, she would have fallen anywhere between the darkest shade of black to the palest hue of brown. We only know that she was woman. Woman at a political rally, who claimed space on a soapbox, renamed herself in show of solidarity, slashed her cheeks with blade, smeared blood over her body, and dared all the men present to follow suit, to demonstrate that their collective freedom was worthy of skin-deep sacrifice. Ama Nkoma, a name that did not belong to her, a voluntary erasure, but an erasure nonetheless. For what's a name to freedom? What's breaking of skin to claiming of self? What's spilling of blood to a wholesome bond? What's a chance of being shamed to a people saved? You haven't been loved well enough until you've been loved like a man. Christ didn't come in the body of a woman because even he knew he wouldn't have lasted all 33 years with a mouth so holy and a tongue that sharp. When love stretched wide, it was only to make space for the redemption of men. When love starved, it was only because she dreamt of fed mouths. When love bled handfuls of pain, it darn sure was because there was no escaping it. When love offered dangling breasts at the temple of protest, it was only because she believed in a kinder tomorrow hard enough to be shamed for it. When love choked on apologies, it was only because peace was the greater offering. You haven't been loved well enough until you've been loved like a man. Scene rolling on a never-ending roll. My first question would be on poetry and research. Mm. How do your poems develop? Guide us through the process of development for your poems. Yeah, I was thinking about that question. It's a good <laughs> question. Um, to be honest, my answer is two-way. It's that sometimes there is a formula to my poetry and sometimes there's not. But at the heart of both ways is that it always starts with an idea. Like I start thinking about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, for Amankroma, I was thinking about the erasure of women in the history of Ghana. It's so hard to find a woman who has been well documented. Like all the other men, you let's not go even further. Let's just go to our, 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 our independence. Right. It's so hard to find women documented. And so I was thinking about that. Um, and that was the general idea that I had been thinking of. And 
So when I have the general idea, I begin to think, okay, how can I structure this poem in such a way that the message that I want to to bring come, comes across as, as clearly as possible. And so I was thinking about, I want to talk about how women haven't been documented. Mm-hmm. I want to point out the ways in which they, have been, they haven't been documented. And I want to talk about, I want to individualize the, wom- the, the history of women as well. Like I want to focus on one character to talk on a bigger issue. And so even though I used Amma and Kroma, this poem is not just about Amma and Kroma. It's about mm-hmm. all women who, have, who haven't been well documented in our history. But then I also wanted to kind of point out, okay, so what what feeds into this? What brings about this? And it clearly is because there's a hierarchy of how women, children, black people, so many reasons for certain things. Our history in general, there are so many things we don't have and because we didn't start documenting our things textually, even yeah. if we may have documented it orally, etc. Um, so I start thinking about all of these things and sometimes I note them all down even before I write the poem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so I don't. I just literally have a first line. Like the first line just comes to my head. Um, but if I remember this poem, I finished writing the poem before coming back and thinking, I want the person to read this poem and imagine it to be a very short play. And you know that the the way in which plays are written is yeah. that you you you, the, each scene has its moment. Mm-hmm. And so I announced that a scene is about to begin. And so I want the, the reader to have this in mind before they start engaging with the poem. Um, so yeah, all of these things, I'm not sure if I've answered the question correctly, but, but... Okay, so let's just say, do your poems come to you fully developed? Or not at all. Fragmented? Not at all. They, they never come fully de- developed. Um, I do have an idea about it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if it's something that I don't have all the knowledge about, I I, I start researching. So, right. for Amma and Kuma, that means I start researching about all women or just looking mm-hmm. for women who have been documented. Whether I will find it online, whether I have to speak with people, whether I have to listen to other podcasts to see who, who else has talked about the conversation. Right. Um, so, I, I, I research widely. That's It takes me actually way too long researching before i start writing a poem okay um so that's something that i do a I lot mean, i don't hear a lot of poets talk about the fact that they do research before the write, because i always thought that it comes to you no so apparently there's a whole process that you have to go through yeah but i think then i would ask how long does it take? Mm-hmm. Give me is it weeks, months, even years to fully come and say this poem is done. It can take a while. <laughs> What's For your so- longest? I would say, I would say months. Wow. Yeah, I wow. would say months. So the idea sits in your head for a month. And I, I feel like, so the writing process for me doesn't begin only on the page. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of ideas incubate in my head for quite a while before I start the writing process. Right. So if I'm if I'm including that, then then I would say like a lot months. Literally, like there's a poem that's been sitting in my head about names for over a year now, and it's just and it's just there. sitting there. Like, and I feel I'm compiling, and sometimes it's not fully fleshed out. So even if I begin writing about it, it doesn't make sense right, to me, right, and so I right, I have right. to keep engaging with it in my head, in conversations, researching, interacting with people voicing it out sometimes mm-hmm. just like calling your friend to say i'm trying to think but it's not like can i just talk helps it's all part of my process right, um, right. you are a woman <laughs> who possesses many skills and talents yeah. i mean i was trying to find 
things you have done over the couple of years and i i saw albums i even saw a short story you had written i didn't even know that you wrote fiction i thought it was basically performance poetry and um writing on so i mean when i when i just sat down and said you you do music you do performance poetry and then you write stories when you are about to start how do you know that this is meant to be in music mm. how is this for the paper and how is this even for the stage how do you pick and choose where each is supposed to sit um so i do a lot of things um but i would say at the heart of everything i do the the core of my being i always use this analogy that the unit of my existence is writing and so everything for me starts with writing writing is the way in which i think writing is the way in which i communicate um for for poetry i think songs are poems i think like right. like really it's clear i mean songs are po- like songwriters have the the they have two talents they are both writers and then they are both right. composers right. etc i mean those who compose for instance and so even in song writing it starts with a poem for me i personally i don't i don't separate my performance poetry from my poetry on the page yeah. i always say that when i'm writing i don't have it in my head that this is for the page and this is for the stage i just write i just happen to have the gift of voice to be able to give to my poems and so i'm able to present it both on the page and on the stage but i don't i don't distinguish that when i'm in the, in the when i'm writing my entire thought is how can i get this out as clearly as i have thought it out mm-hmm. in my head and then once that's done it's a different thing when i'm memorizing or like when i'm preparing for a stage right. then i begin to think where are the pauses what should i do to my face how should i what what emotion should i inhabit to be able to translate this poem as well as i wrote it etc but the when i'm writing the poem i never think this is for stage so put this here so that yeah no it's just it's, it's as far as i'm concerned it's just the poem okay yeah so let's let's just come back to your book woman eats me whole how has the world taken the book it's been great i think it's what two months yeah um two since months. it's been it's been out um and so far the it's all the the feedback has been great um there's this thing in the writing world that mm-hmm. writers are not supposed to read their good re- good reads review please don't go there but i do <laughs> i know like i've been warned not to <laughs> but like i can't help it and you know i i really was arming myself like right the internet is the internet like you go I to mean, youtube comments and you would just be crushed but but even even the the so like the two star reviews mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned they are good you have read them i've read every <laughs> single thing like no nah, i've read every single every review on goodreads wow um, i've read every checked single every article have i on, unless i haven't online. seen it but like if if mostly when people write they tag me and so i've read every right. review uh, right. if i'm not mistaking do you think that the feedback is positive i think so it far? is i think i wasn't expecting it to be especially with with a debut and especially with poetry yeah, yeah, i yeah. mean the genre itself has a lot stacked up against it and so 
um, when you are going into publishing, they tell you about all of this. They mm-hmm. they they warn you ahead of time. They tell you don't be worried if you don't sell this number of copies. Don't be worried if you get these comments, etc. It's your first time. Just arm yourself, etc. But but it has been it has been great so far. Yeah, I think, I think so. what I'm just um, waiting, and I think it's too short of a time to make this analysis. Is I feel like the book hasn't gotten into the hands of a lot of Africans yet and i know that it's not there are several i'm not the first person who is experiencing this problem it's because of publishing and its structure and but do you think that if africans Mm -hmm. get the book Mm -hmm. we would be able to relate with everything in there enough to make so much noise about the book and maybe talk a lot more about it on social media and everywhere and Mm -hmm. recommend to other people for me, that's a side effect. If that happens, great. But I wrote the book. I'm Ghanaian, raised, born here. And so my primary audience in my head, I wrote it for people like me. Yeah. And so they are the ones that I want the book to end, whose hands I want the book to end up in. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to their reviews. I'm looking forward to how they feel about true, their book, the true. book. And so that is my desire. So for a lot of the reviews have been other I saw the like, good right they, they've been yeah. and I, I I love I love them and I'm happy that it's it's in the world um and I'm I'm I I hope that it continues to spread but I really would like to see it in a lot more black and African people okay. yeah. so the book explores womanhood the body mental illness and what it means to move between cultures why womanhood? Why the body? Why did you choose to explore these critical issues? Um, I think for the womanhood question, I get asked that a lot. Mm-hmm. And a part of me feels like it's not intentional. Like I don't... Uh, yeah, a part of me feels like it's not intentional. A part of me also feels like... Like, duh. It's <laughs> like I am... Especially for a debut, right? I mean, this is not the first book that I'm publishing. I've had a chapbook previously yeah. to this. And so for me, it's, it's womanhood as in it's more about my existence yeah. and also the existence of other women around me, the existence of women in the past and the existence of women in the future. And so it, it, whenever people see this book and they see the title, they always have their, you know, their, their conceptions about it. When they read it, they ask me questions about, did you plot this book out? And I would love to say yes, from the very inception of writing this book, I knew I was going to have these parts, but I didn't. I had written a chunk, about 70% of the book, before I realized that they fit a particular theme. And so that's how then I begin to structure it that way. And so for me, and you realize that the woman and the body poems are more than the others. Um, and for the woman, I'll just say it really is my reality. And so it was the most closest in proximity to me. And so that's how come I wrote extensively about it. I think we'll take another reading and then we'll continue. Girl to woman. I wonder when you stop feeling like a girl and start feeling like a woman. When your mind finally agrees with your body that you're in fact nowhere near 21. When woman doesn't feel like a skin you're waiting to fit into. When you do not forget to address your own self as woman. Does it wake you up with a persistent ache like period pain? Does it dawn on you while sitting at the back of an Uber you took for some sense of safety? Does it throb within your entire body when you learn to leave and call even that love? Does it silently mock you? 
like old favorite clothes that suddenly no longer know how to climb your body? Or does it propel you into comfort the way a bra coming off does? When an aunt at a cousin's wedding tells you to hurry up and marry, because even the neighbors in her neighborhood are asking when you will marry, you know she will give your mother grief for months. But the hot air that prances around your ears when you tell her, you wish both she and her neighbors long life because their wait may be a long one. Is that precisely the moment you become woman? I realize that most of the things in this book centers on womanhood, right? Mm. But issues on womanhood here in Ghana are not things that we pay attention to. They are things often said in whispers. I mean, when you go to church, they would, if there's anything that has to be said to the women in church, they would ask all the women to wait after church. And then after church, they will talk to the women about probably something that has to do with pregnancy prevention and everything. When you are writing these poems, were you, were you scared? Because these are things we often say in very harsh tones. We often say behind closed doors. These are things we don't say out loud. Were you not too scared? Did it not frighten you to put these things down on a paper and say, here, this is it. We've been hiding it for a while and we need to start talking about it. Um, no, I wasn't. But only because I have had the privilege of being an artist in Ghana for the last decade and a couple of years. And so all the backlash that I can ever receive, I've received it both online and offline. Yeah. Um. I think that that is what really um, gave me them, like, to write this book. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I remember my first EP, um, Motherfuckitude. Even just the name, I got a lot of slack for it. Mm-hmm. Even the poems, um, I got a lot of, a lot of I, get, I get harassed, I get asked questions. And some of it is, is, you know, you really think it's not such a big deal, right? Sometimes you are just on Twitter and you feel like it's not such a big deal. And people will carry it off, like away from online and into real life situations. Really? Um, and so really, I think I have had that benefit of, of, of engaging with an audience, of, having, of being axed in my face or being um, harassed in my face and having to stand up for myself. Uh, and so I feel like that has given me experience um, to know how to navigate myself with audiences. Yeah. Right. While researching for the show, I saw an article on OK Africa that said that it took two years mm-hmm. for the book to come to the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. I, two years is a long time. I am just thinking of all the agents you had to go through and even the struggle with getting an agent and the rejections and everything i mean for those two years what what was it for you how were you did you even know that this would happen so it actually took two years to get an agent wow yes so that's the it it took two years to get an agent or is it almost three years because i started looking for an agent in 2017 wow and i got one february 2020 Yes. Um, so almost three years. Um, like I said, poetry is the genre at the at the bottom of the hierarchy for publishing. Um, generally in the world, there are very few agents for poetry. Mm-hmm. Like if there are a hundred agents in the world, maybe only two of them are for poetry. 
Um, so poetry isn't necessarily a genre. A lot of the, about 95% of the poetry that gets published is published directly by publishers or small presses mm -hmm. or self-published. But there are very few poetry um, agents. And that's because poetry doesn't sell like fiction and non-fiction, right, et cetera. Right. And so they don't, I mean, it's just at the, at the end of it, publishing is a marketing world. And so because of that, there aren't a lot of poetry agents. Did you consider self-publishing while um, So waiting? before, I had already decided that I wasn't going to self-publish. Okay. And I had decided that because I had been an artist, an independent artist, an independent voice artist for a while, I have to self-promote. I have to publish my own um, music. I have to do all that by myself. And in some ways, it's relatively easier to be a musician in some ways because there's a platform that puts your work out there for everyone. Even if streaming pays peanuts, there is a platform. You don't necessarily have that for writing. You can't put your work out there and say, come and listen. You, I mean, even with script, you can like listen to a couple of minutes and if you want to buy the book or Amazon or yeah. wherever, or these, but the publishing world is completely different. So I had decided I wasn't going to self-publish mm -hmm. and I wanted to, I wanted to have an idea of how the traditional publishing works. Okay. Um, what I did consider was initially publishing my fiction manuscript first for like a year when I wasn't getting any feedback or I wasn't getting any positive feedback. I segued into trying to, you know, get my fiction out there but after three months, I came back and said, no, poetry is a genre that gave me the platform to be an artist. Right. And I really, really believe in not just my poetry, but in poetry as a genre um, to just to just change lives and to just move. Um, I mean, not not when I say change lives, it sounds very dramatic, but yeah. to just it is worthy enough to exist. Yeah, um, and so I was just. I refused to take no for an answer, really. Wow. And I just kept... Two, um, two to three years. That's, yeah, that's just, a long time to just wait and hope that you would get something. And I'm happy and proud that your book is out there now. What are some of the challenges that poets... Mm -hmm. I want to limit this to poetry. Mm -hmm. Face here in Ghana, in Africa, trying to get published by all these traditional presses. I think the first thing is that we don't have, we don't really have traditional publishing in Ghana. It is there, not existent. There is publishing in Ghana, but it, 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 it's not creative writing yeah. publishing. It's we, Ghana publishes a lot of textbooks, self-help, mm -hmm. um, Christian gospel religious, books, yeah. religious books, but we don't, creative writing isn't really published mm -hmm. here. Um, I would say someone I have seen making an effort is Dakpabli. Yeah. Um, and Book Nook um, and the distribution arena, but there is just a small team. They, there's so much that they can do. And so that's something that we really need to work on as a country. We love to say Ghanaians don't love to read, but we don't have structures. Like other countries didn't just start reading by magic. They yeah. have they have working libraries. They have bookstores in spread over districts, like, mm -hmm. like restaurants. Yeah. They, they, the structure is there to foster reading. So we don't have the structure here. So that's, it's not even just about poets. 
and maybe they're focusing on poets, but it's this general literature landscape. We don't really have traditional publishers. However, as a as a poet, as a writer, I always say the first thing is getting your work to a quality or a level in which you know you are so convinced about the work that this work is good. And I'm not talking about self-hype. Or I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like just be- blindly believing yourself. You're, we've, you, you've vetoed your work. You have beta readers. You can attest to the fact that this work is good. Get your work to the level where it is. it can compete worldwide. Be, be confident of that. If you decide that you want to self-publish, just be aware that writing is not enough. Just having written the work is not enough. And like I said, publishing is a marketing game. And so that means if you are the writer, it means you have to make sure everything else about the book, you have, you, you, you're either equipped to do it or you have people on your team that's doing it for you as, as you're self-publishing, which means the design, the, the typesetting, the marketing of the book, the distribution of the book, the continuity of the book, the engagement of the book, all of that, everything that a traditional publisher will do, you will do. However, if you can't do all of this, it means that you have to take the traditional route. And what the traditional route typically happens is that you have to, there is some sort of visibility in literature platforms. And so you have to try and get published in journals. You have to try and get published in, in magazines, writing magazines. You have to even try and be prolific, even locally, just with yeah. amongst your friends. If, if, they were to pick 50 Ghanaian writers and they ask them that, oh, have you heard about Kofi and so, 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 and they can say yes. That's one step because these publishers in one way, they are connected and they keep asking, who can you suggest who can give us a poem about this, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all important. And then once you do that, you can start looking for an agent. It's difficult. It is. I honestly don't know how many people have been able to, like, I, I, I know that it's, I don't want to say I'm an anomaly and like I know for me it it is in in more than more ways than one it is a miracle yeah but it also is you know we just have to refuse to to just accept things as they are and Mm -hmm. we have to keep pushing barriers and so just be prepared that this is what's happening and how you want to change it means you have to be more persistent you'll be receiving more rejections you have to keep going into places where they aren't necessarily set up for you. I remember, you know, just approaching agents who weren't even poetry agents. And it just wasn't, I am the first adult poetry for my agency. They haven't, they've published poetry, but they published poetry for young authors, YA, and YA does really well in the United States. I'm the first adult poetry that they've, and I didn't even know this, but once you know that your work is good, once you believe in the work, right. it, it would just take time, but you have to keep pushing. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking, how did you remain positive for two to three, almost three years? And what was your attitude? I mean, all those rejection mills and the no's after no's, like, what was your attitude? Every time there's a no, you still come back up and say, hey, it's another no, we just... Oh, there were tears. There were tears. <laughs> there were tears. There was anger. Um, yeah. And there were there were days when I did give up. To be honest, I w- I wouldn't say that I didn't give up. And um, but I mean, allow yourself to feel all of those things. Allow yourself to go through all of those things, no matter how long it would take. Just just that it shouldn't be forever. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I think. That was me. I didn't sail through. I didn't keep. I don't even think I was positive. If that's the word, I was very 
yeah, very forceful, very yeah. um, upset, very, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I just told myself, I know that this work is important. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's, so I, I remember I was part of a residency um, that Chimamanda organized in 2016. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every residency, she, she says, she gives these little notes. And one of the notes she wrote for me is, your work is great. And I, I hope it gets the audience it deserves. Wow. And I just, like, that was what kept me going. I was like, yeah. I know that this work isn't meant for my new. And so that was it. That was really just what kept me going. I'm like, I just need to find my work in a place where it, it's exposed to a number of audiences. Wow. And so, yeah. So um, what points, living or dead across generations, inform your crafts? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is a... I would say that in the writing process itself, I like the correlation of like poets who inform the craft will be... It's not direct, but I would say that a lot of writers inform my character. Right. Like, a lot of writers inform my thinking. A lot mm-hmm. of writers inform my life really and it, just, it it doesn't even just um i don't restrict it just to what they've written on the page i also look look at their interviews what they've said etc so clearly i look at the women in especially in ghana's history who have done a lot of the work and mm-hmm. ifwas Afaland, amata Adu, um elif shafak i read i read quite widely i read a lot of fiction i read um all kinds of fiction um and so for me it always is about arming myself with language because if I'm going to put out language, I have to be armed with a lot of language so right. that I, I can. So I do a lot of reading and I, I feel like it's a vast question. I'm always reading right. both my peers, those after me, generations yet to come. I read, I read very widely. When will we see your fiction out there? Oh, so my fiction is coming very soon. I have, like, I can't how share. Soon, how soon is the soon? Um, I can't share dates, but what I what I can say is that um, it's been sold. And ah. so very soon, my next book will, will be, will be I'm fi- just happy fiction. it's yeah. fiction because I love <laughs> yeah. fiction so yeah. well. So, yeah. So I see what you're doing in the literary space in Ghana and Africa. I must commend you for the work you do with Black Girls Glow and Tampered Press. I imagine you work with a lot of writers. What is that one advice? I won't say one, but what's that advice you would give to people who want to write and hopefully get published? Um, I think, uh, again, um, for me, it always comes back to the work. Your work has to be able to speak for itself. You know, the, the hope and not just the hope, but the way the world works, once the right structures, I mean, there are a lot of things are against us, but once the once your your foot is out there, your work will make room for you. Yeah. But for the work to make room for you, it has to be of good quality. And the thing about right I always I think I personally believe that everybody writes at the core of it, maybe not professional writers but writing is a tool that everybody should have because writing is a thinking tool um and one of the things that in ghana particularly that we have is that we 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 have these bubbles we have we we have these um echo chambers right and it doesn't in some ways it's good but it doesn't expose you to a lot of writing for you to see what's just happening in your locality so i'm always i'm always telling people get outside of yourself Mm try and especially if you're a beginner like we have i i such the emerging beginning because people may have been writing for years in yeah. in in just themselves but the best way to grow is in front of an audience wow so try and share your work as boss as possible offer yourself a feedback 
take that feedback just keep writing and writing the best way to be a good writer is to keep reading and to keep writing um yeah and then never give up so yeah. um what you do with tampered purse mm-hmm. is it just so i see I, I I went there and I realized, wow, this is such great work because most people don't have the chance to do your normal publishing in their countries. What was that one particular thing that made you start Tampered Press? What was that motivation behind doing all of this? Okay. So Tampered is actually both online and print right. journal. Um, I started Tampered again because before I even, I think... I started thinking about Tumpet in 2016 and I was writing. I had been writing a lot. Like I, 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 I was slowly getting published. I mean, I had, I remember one of my works was in the local newspaper, but I wanted to see my work out there more and right. see how people engage with it. But all the journals I knew of were New Yorker, Paris Review, all of these international. Mm-hmm. And you will send and send and send <sighs> and you even get the decency of a rejection. No. Um, and so many others. And I remember a conversation um, that, or something I think that Blitz, um, Blitz the Ambassador, the rapper, yeah. posted on his social Facebook that as African artists, we have the burden of being both artists and um, people who build systems. And so that means we are building the system as it's happening. Mm-hmm. But if we don't do the job of doing of building the system, it means that we are always going to be at the mercy of other people who have had to pass through their established system. And it made me think that if I send my writing to a journal, a, a small press in Ohio, and I write about Makola woman or something, it's not so much that the work I'm sending is bad. It's that he is in Ohio. He's wow. receiving work from other people in Ohio. He yeah. prioritized the local more than he prioritized yeah. me from Accra, Abu Blushi. And so we need our own, pl- we need to nurture our local platform we need and it's so vast because it's not even just like we don't we, we are not seeing enough from even just a crowd we're not seeing we're not seeing from uh, the north we're not seeing from enough from the south we're not seeing enough of our work and so that was the motivation behind tempered i always say half of the thing these things i start them not because i just want to i even shy away from being called owner or founder because it's for community yeah it's it's for us so that we can have this space exist Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like every emerging artist has to start from scratch they have to build community from scratch um but yeah tampered really the motivation was a space for Ghanaian writers Ghanaian artists to showcase their work to engage with their work and to also learn and train so we there are trained we do workshops as well to also learn and train and the hope for Tampet is to evolve into an imprint um, wow. such that, it, you know, we also establish ourselves. We also can produce authors here with an audience once we have built the audience here. I think that's that's a great idea. So let's take another form from you. A good day for redemption. Dear Nalum, now that we both agree our 20s are home to ruin, our bodies have become liberation grounds for redemption. The late night calls, the salt-laced shots, the outrageous 20 city taxi fare for a 10-minute journey after 1am. The tipsy laughter. The pitiful ritual of guilt-tripping old lovers by disappearing. Whole mon parts. Drilled into our black holes in search of missing orgasms. We've both been pretending we've seen the light at the end of the goddamn awful tunnel. But we were so eager to claim this adulthood title we forgot we hadn't grown up. Truth be told, 
If I could have the cockiness with which naivety knew your body's address, and rented space there in your adolescence, I would snatch it. The freedom that comes with not knowing enough about the cruelty of the world, to remember to be ashamed of your body. The short length of time it takes to get ready to step out, because you're not pinching, or poking, or burrowing like your skin is target practice for greenhorns. An old lover once told me he was sitting on an undiscovered gold mine, because he was dating a flat-chested girl who he hoped would become voluptuous in the future. And my face lit up, because I believed myself an undiscovered gold mine. You can blame everything on youth if you're drunk enough. His illegal touch, food spiced with low self-esteem, a body that doesn't know how to forgive itself. Nalum, my high school dormitory was built on an old cemetery. The way I see it, either we are feeding off the dead, or death things were laid to rest here so we could live each day anew. The Old Testament God promised joy in the morning, but there's no way of telling time in dark tunnels, so any day is a good day for redemption. Love, your older self. I, I don't know. When I was going through the questions for this interview and picking out a poem, I chose Amankom. I chose Amankoma, but I had heard this poem and I was like, should I also add this to what I want? <laughs> and I was like, no, let her pick whatever she... So I'm happy you read it because <laughs> I had it in the audiobook or script. And please, please do listen to it on script if you don't have a copy. Buy the copy when you see it because this is... It's one of the best I've read this year when it comes to poetry. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy you read it. Thank you so much Thank for honoring my invitation to... <laughs> come to my podcast um please follow poetry on instagram and twitter at poetry underscore asantawa and on facebook she's poetry asantawa this show is powered by the gold coast report so listen to previous and subsequent episodes please follow them on twitter at gcr labs and gold coast report on instagram also make it a point to follow me on instagram at bookish abna and on twitter at abna Marian. until then bye